Well, why don't you cheer and welcome me back? It's been a couple of weeks once I was gone at a wedding, and last week I was bumped for some travel show or something, but I'm happy to be back with After Hours and my friend, longtime friend Michael Miles, who is noted for playing the banjo, but obviously can play any stringed instrument in the world. He's on to talk about specifically his lengthy relationship with Johann Sebastian Bach. They were not really friends because Bach lived from (laughs) 1685 to 1750. But this guy, and I almost feel terrible calling him a guy, but this composer has had a profound impact on your life, hasn't he, Michael? Oh, absolutely. And uh, me as well. Well, now, there are others, too. (laughs) Plenty of others. And he was quite a, he was quite a character. You know, he was orphaned when he was ten years old. He was raised by his older brother. He uh, had twenty children uh, before he uh, before he died at sixty five, and he uh, only only nine of whom survived. Mm. You know, the time the, the didn't he have? I don't know much about him. I'm no expert, but didn't he at one point lose a wife? And had to be a single father to, like, eight kids or something. Yes. Well, in fact, uh, we're, we're talking about the cello suites, which he wrote in uh, 1720. And in that year, his wife died, and he had four children. Wow. So the year that he wrote some of the, this music, the, not only the cello suites, but the violin sonatas and partitas were all written um, at that time. He was a single father of four and he produced this material. Yes, he did all of that without a refrigerator. What is it in in kind of in in layman's terms, if you can? What is it about his music, specifically these parts of his music, that really moved you and grabbed you? Because you've spent a lot of time with Bach, um, and I would think he's intimidating for a lot of musicians. Well, he he is. Uh, he can be. Uh, but it, at the same time, it's uh, from the perspective of nothing ventured, nothing gained. His mm-hmm. music is like playing his music is like gazing into the eyes of wonder. One, really, one of the wonders of the world. If, uh, f- for me, when I was first uh, uh, learning them, I was in a period of my life where things were quite complicated out in the outside world, mm-hmm. and there was some nasty stuff in the outside world, and I had to go out and tangle with that, and then I come home and i'd close the door and now i'm eye to eye with bach and in that in that space where it's just me and his music and and it's intense and it's complicated and you have to really work at you have to really want it uh and then work at it and and then he will humble you if you don't work on it hard enough because uh it's not like in in a in a sense it was kind of a salvation for you too was it not it, I don't want to, that's a big word. No, I know that, but um, you know uh, what, the word that the word that Yo Yo Ma uses is sanctuary, mm. and mm. Um, and, mm. the, and the sanctuary is uh, I think is is uh, uh, better because it's always you're always you're always on the run with with Bach. If you want to if you want to play it, you have to earn it. You have to keep working at it. Uh, but being there, it's like it, it is like. You, you're, it's just uh, a, a splendor, the likes of which uh, I haven't gotten any other playing any other music. Well, before we get to you playing Bach, uh, there, there's a great story involved in these uh, in this music, particular to your to your uh, American Bach, two different CDs that 
Tell me the story of the young Pablo Casal. Oh, Pablo Casal. So he was uh, he. He was the one who uncovered the cello suites. Bach wrote them in 1720. They were not played very much uh, because they were sort of perceived as an exercise versus as a piece of performance music. Work, and yeah. so, and so they they were um, they kind of went out of out of circulation. And it wasn't in, until 1890. From 1720 to 1890, Pablo Casals is 13 years old. He's with his father walking around Barcelona. They go into a used music store, and in the used music store, he finds this copy of the cello suites. And uh, then, and does he at 13 recognize from the music itself? Does he recognize? Wow, this is something really special. He, he, yes, he must, he, he must have, uh, and his father may have mm-hmm. as well, and. Uh, and nonetheless, he you know he he got it, and then he proceeded to practice it for the next eleven years. And it wasn't until um, nineteen oh one that uh, he first performed them publicly. Wow, that's yeah. just an amazing story. Uh, Michael Miles's relationship with Bach uh, came to the public for in uh, nineteen ninety seven when he did uh, the first. American Bach, of which my old pal Howard Reich wrote, This man does not dream small. Miles has taken on the most profound and dramatic music ever written and succeeded. Uh, We will, uh, after a short break, uh, delve in a little bit to that 1997 creation and then what has followed up, which is uh, American Bach, which is uh, going to be performed at Space on uh, September 17th. I'll tell you more about that, and you will hear some of this music now that you know the gist of Michael's relationship with uh, Johan. We'll be back. Michael, introduce this song, if you would, Michael Miles. So here is the minuet from the first cello suite. And when you usually you hear Yo-Yo Ma play the prelude to the first cello suite that's he's played that at inaugurations and then the each of the suites has a has a prelude and then they have a series of dance movements an allemande a courant a saraband a minuet or bore and a gigue and so this is minuet uh from cello suite number one Well, Michael, that's really beautiful. That is from uh, American Bach Revisited. Uh, forgive my lack of uh, classical music knowledge, but I, I had no idea that Bach wrote for the banjo. Banjo. I didn't even know. <laughs> didn't even know what a banjo was. Uh, how did that come together? Well, I I had always been fascinated by uh, by it, and 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 my you know a little story my. When I was 21 years old, I decided I'd be a musician. I wrote a letter to everybody in my family that that's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, how many letters was that? Was, I don't know. There were maybe you know because it was aunts and uh, and uh, uncles and and my and my siblings and mm-hmm. uh, so maybe. 10 or 15 letters or something but and the best response came from aunt marge who was a nun and aunt marge sent me 
uh, of a recording of three uh, of classical guitar music one of when it was three three records in this box and one of the records was john williams on the a side was john williams playing cello suite number one on the b side was john williams playing cello suite number three wow so i listened to those recordings over and over and over and over through you know whenever i wanted to hear anything along those lines and they were kind of in in my um Mm. they were in my head and i uh and i uh Tried them on the guitar, but I I felt like I was had more success on the, the banjo. banjo. Yes, interesting, interesting. So you <clears throat> recorded this. the The American Bach came out in 1997. What is out now is American Bach Revisited, where you're joined by Jill Koenig. Who is she? Jill Kading is a phenomenal cellist who lives here in Chicago. She's played with Corky Siegel. She's played with Ray Charles and and mm. Stevie Wonder. And, uh, sh- and she is um, somebody who uh, embraced my crazy idea of like, even though we're playing the cello suites, the the uh, the the music that is designed for the cello i'm gonna play the banjo and i'd like you to play this bass line that my uh, colleague margaret james wrote to accompany the bass the the and original she warmed, she warmed up to this idea immediately she, or did you have she, to convince she did her? you, you okay. know we uh yeah she's a she's she's a a great a great player and the you know and and again playing bach is a is kind of a thrill under any conditions and the and the part that she's playing uh the which was you know bach wrote his part in 1720 margaret james my friend wrote her part in 1990 Mm. and uh or thereabouts and and uh but it's but it's a contrapuntal moving baseline that is that is consistent with the style that bach wrote uh, it's a handsome i love cds it's just a very handsome cd and i notice on the back here there is the chicago suite this was inspired it is a it is a listing of uh of fascinating chicago street names all of which i know and then uh the alley of which i know many uh what inspired that what, what's the inspiration behind that um well i at one point i felt like Bach was going to be the end for me. I was going to be the guy who played Bach on the banjo. Okay. <laughs> but, but the phone doesn't really ring uh, that much when, you know. Yes, if that's we got your... the Chicago Theater open on next Friday night. You're doing Bach. Right. You're still doing Bach on the banjo. Yeah, that's yeah. what we want. Uh, uh-huh. So, um, but, not, but nonetheless, what I realized, instead of Bach playing Bach on the banjo, that Bach wasn't the end for me, but rather the means to being a composer. Interesting. And and that all that I had to learn by transcribing the cello suites and solving the riddles of putting them on the banjo and and um, and I play in this style called clawhammer style, right, which is right. an ancient downward attack. That and, and nobody has ever done this before. Um, played and performed complete cello suites um on the banjo in any style and uh and why? particularly why? why well it's why? really hard and the phone doesn't ring <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. but and you have to i i just found you know it was my it was my sanctuary uh and uh and it felt like 
it was the right it felt like it was the right thing to do and revisiting it like i did it was the 25th anniversary of when i first did it mm-hmm. and uh in the pandemic and and uh there was time and i thought i'm gonna go back there because there's nothing that i ever did as a musician because i'm self-taught um but learning the cello suites taught me more about music and more about performance and more about concentration and tenacity and musicality than anything that I had ever done before. So you somehow to your, took you somehow took an inspiration <clears throat> from streets on which you have lived. Yeah, yeah. So the Chicago Suite, uh, it's there's uh, five movements, uh, and each movement is named uh, for a street on Chicago that I have lived or frequented. So Rosedale, I live on Rosedale at the moment. Glenwood, I lived on Glenwood for 13 years and uh, and, and lived there a couple times. Broadway, I live a half a block from Broadway. Lower Wacker, uh, I remember f- my father, when I was a lifeguard at Oak Street Beach in the 70s, my father introduced me to Lower Wacker when he would drive me to work in the on that sun, if you don't get Sundays. a better job, you're going to wind up down here. <laughs> well, it was it was just dark and green, oh, greenish, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and then the alley, the alley. I you know, like I was born in the in the city, and and uh, and kids, you know, we play in the alley. That's mm-hmm. the alley's mm-hmm. the place of magic, the place of danger, and and so each of these, uh, there's a there's a notion in in classical music called program music, where it's instrumental music that tells a story. So each of these tells a story <clears throat> on, on rosedale and glenwood you're walking and mm. rosedale i'm mean, glenwood rather um, i fell in love on glenwood you know yeah, and uh yeah. and uh and they hear church bells on glenwood mm. and 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 it has this arch of trees that that uh that uh, become like a canopy for the street on Lower Wacker, you're stuck in traffic, and then the traffic opens up, and mm-hmm. then you move ahead, and then the traffic comes in again. So, so but there's a e- darkness. E- I mean, I you know I, totally. I don't write music. There's a there's a darkness and kind of the the shadow of danger on Lower Wacker. I right. think right. So there's a back and, and a back and forth that we could let's you know listen we listen to Lower Wacker. Let's listen to that one if we could. That's I uh, don't know what number that is. We got a couple minutes. Yeah, we're listening. Yeah, we can we can go and we'll take this to come to half hour and uh, we'll play some more after the news at the bottom of the hour. But so stay tuned and listen to this. This is Lower Wacker. Sorry, everybody. We were talking with the next guest who's coming in here. We're getting <laughs> caught up in different uh, <laughs> venues. Thank you, Jack Heinrich, and thank you, Crystal Flores, for knocking on the door, on the wall, on the window. Uh, Mikey, you seem very happy with the Chicago Suite. This one, two, three, four, five pieces that you've written that are part of American Bach Revisited. Well, it was a uh, it was the culmination of uh, playing Bach, and then like, what can what can what can I learn from that? What can I draw from that? What what and and what would Bach like? You know, yeah. if he had a comment, he's like, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> create your own. And he was, and as I said, he'd uh, like he to know was, what Bach would think of Lower Wacker Drive. He would, too, he, yeah. would he would, uh, he would, he would be wanting to. You know, he had very high standards. He would want to encourage the best out of people around him. You know, yeah. and uh, and so Is that, I mean, it, it, but the the challenge that's involved in doing that. Uh, it, or, any, I know you're a talented musician, but you're dealing with someone who who 
<clears throat> everybody from Pablo Casals to Yo-Yo Ma is kind of intimidated by, and then here you are. But, except people have said, uh, my first reaction to his playing, meaning yours was a smile and then amazement, that's about the 1997 American Bach. Uh, that must please you no end. Well, that was the quote from... <clears throat> Excuse me, from Janos Starker, the great cellist, and he he uh, he was notorious for not liking the cello suites on saxophone and marimba and other other instruments that they got put on. But he liked the banjo, and he uh, and he actually we met we we uh, we spent an afternoon together uh, one day, and and uh, he asked uh, I said I can if, asked him if he could give me a lesson, and he's and he agreed, and he's uh, he was. Uh, uh, where, where was he based? Where he was, was he was a professor emeritus at Indiana, Indiana University. Yeah. Yes, and uh, he sat he sat at one end of his room, and he was a chain smoker, so he liked to sit and smoke. And then he sent the musicians to the to the other end, and he and he sat down and he lit up his cigarette, and he looked at me, and he says, "What do you want?" You know, and he yeah. uh, uh, and I said, "Well, I'm curious about what it is that you think about when you perform." Huh. That was the only question I asked. That answer took about four hours. <laughs> wow, was it a valuable answer? To oh you? my God! Yeah. yeah, yes, it was, and it was—I mean—just to be in his presence because of all the, you know, the cellists who have ever lived. He's—he's he's one of the greatest, absolutely. Now this is a big event coming up. It, it, space is a uh, an astonishing venue in Evanston. You will be performing there on September seventeenth at one p.m. You're not going to perform, I don't think this entire much of it we'll play we'll play much of it and uh and uh, so you, there'll be plenty of bach and uh plenty and plenty of the chicago suite and and some other things as what other as things? well well some guitar and uh cello duets of uh of popular music that uh that i've also arranged so sounds great yeah sounds stevie great. wonder and and uh i just did a version of uh of you lost that love and feeling after Cynthia Weil passed away, and that that song was the one that that uh, was the most played song in the 20th century. Beat out the Beatles and Michael Jackson and Elvis. No song got more airplay than "You Lost That Love and Feeling." So I thought, well, that might well, make give make it some for more. a good give, number. As, give it some live play. But, yeah, for uh, cello, uh, cello and guitar. That, that what, one. What about the nature of? As you keep saying that it's not, you know, you're not going to be playing the Chicago Theater with this kind of thing. The nature of of commercially selling a CD. How do you do that, Michael Miles? I mean, how do you, besides something like this, where, I mean, you're being incredibly articulate, and I think most people listening might be saying, yeah, I want to get that thing. Well, um, CDs, uh, the music business has changed so that a CD is much more like a business card than it was uh, the source of revenue. it's it's available you can hear it on spotify and apple music and and uh those places or you can get it uh, if you want a physical copy you can get it through my website which is uh, milesmusic.org miles music i'm not going to insult you and spell it for you milesmusic.org <laughs> uh the reception to this the reception to the to the original uh is that what I should call it the original American Bach, the ninety seven. Well, there were or? yeah, there was the the first one was American Bach, and then that twenty five years ago, and then this one is American Bach revisited. 
And what's the nature of the revisit, except for, obviously, there are five new suites on there, but but um, define the revisit for me. Well, uh, it's like 25 years later of, of having worked as a musician and uh, done concerts all around the world and, and taught and... Uh, all that all that that implies makes makes me um a better player mm-hmm. you know and so uh, like if i said to you rick uh, uh 25 years ago give me a thousand words on the meaning of life uh and then i said okay now 25 years later well, in my case, give, it would give all me a, be, in give, my case, it would all be the same BS that I did 25 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, it, it, I don't it, think it, so. Yeah, I think <laughs> you know, it's like it's that that every day that all that we take in, all that we, yeah, all that we no, experience, that's... and so so uh, I I made a, I made a, some changes. I, I changed from uh, on you know technically speaking, the record the first recording was on nylon strings. Um, and with a double bass accompaniment, mm-hmm. this one is on steel strings, um, so there's a greater bite to the uh, sound, uh, and it's with the cello. And the right. cello is up an octave, and it's shoulder to shoulder. It's a it's more duet like versus melody and accompaniment gotcha. with the with the bass. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to have to say goodbye to you, but I want you to pick what people, what Krista Flores can play as we end this segment. Uh, let's play, let's play the alley. Yeah. The last one. Good. The alley, uh, is the final movement of the Chicago suite and the alley, uh, I grew up in alleys in Chicago and, uh, and it was like, yeah. And the alley is a place of magic and danger and it's just, uh, and so this is trying to, you know, okay, given that, how can I capture that idea here, instrumentally? Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Michael, always great to see you. Yeah. Delightful. 